Hi, this is Dawn Shireen, and this is my podcast, Dancing with Bipolar. This week's been really hectically crazy, and I mean like that in a really good way, but very unusual for me. Uh, Let's start with the most recent and work backwards. So yesterday I saw my shrink, and, um, you know, our usual eight-minute meeting of him pretty much deciding that he's not going to give me any other medication and keep me on the same stuff, which is working uh, when I take it properly, uh, except for the trazodone. Well, the trazodone, it works. It, you know, it makes me sleep. However, because I overdosed on it and actually killed myself on it um, years ago, which I have talked about in a past couple of the past uh, podcasts here, it makes me ill. Uh, My body wants to reject it, and for some reason my doctor will not give me another sleep med, which I don't understand. Um, I was on Seroquel before, which is heavy duty, which maybe is why he doesn't want to put me back on that. However, it worked and I didn't get sick from it. So I requested yesterday that along with um, the six other scripts I'm on, that he give me Zofram to keep me from uh, getting sick off the trazodone, which, I mean, when I talk sick, I talk waking up, you know, two to three hours into my normal sleep routine, like, just vomiting my guts out, and this heartburn that is, like, oh, my God, it's so hard to explain. It's like my stomach is on fire, which it actually is because it's stomach acid, which is as close to fire as you're going to get. Uh... And I'm really tired of it. It's like I'm in a deep, good, pretty good sleep. Trazodone makes me dream pretty crazy, which sometimes is interesting, the dreams I have on Trazodone. Sometimes not. Sometimes complete night terrors. Uh, but, um, you know, this waking up with <clears throat> just being sick is it's got to stop. And, like, I kind of enjoy sleeping, so I can't sleep without some kind of medication to put me down. And I've kind of grown a tolerancy to um, Benadryl and melatonin and, um, like, the whole warm milk and stuff like that. That's just, that doesn't even touch it. Um, You know, so he won't put me on Ambien because it will counteract with something else or it might make me hallucinate, which we're avoiding at all costs. So I don't know what his reasoning is. He won't doesn't really give me a reason why he won't change it, but he did give me the Zofram. Um, now he gave me 14 for a month, which means every other day, or I could, he says I could take Tums or like Mylanta. I have an issue with the Tums because I swear to God, I remember hearing something a couple years back about Tums and that there was something about it that wasn't good for you. Or maybe if you're just taking too many Tums, the amount of calcium that you're ingesting is not good for you. I just, I know there was something about it that I was like very averted, averted? Yeah, that's a word. To um, taking Tums on a nightly basis because I know, I also actually know with the stomach acid issue thing that I have that I'd have to eat pretty much a bottle of Tums in order for my stomach to feel better, and then that makes me want to be sick because I've got too much of something in my stomach. So, years ago when I was uh, heavily drinking, I suffered from GERD, which, um, gastroesophageal reflux disease, 
Oh my gosh. Now, the thing is, with the stomach pain that I feel when I take the Trazodone, it's super similar to the GERD. And when I get sick, the way my throat and everything feels from the fire that's coming up, it's extremely similar to the GERD. Now, if I had not already had my gallbladder taken out last year, I would, I would be sure to think that this is all gallbladder, and I'm thinking maybe now it's appendix, right? So it's like, you know, heal thyself, but don't diagnose thyself. Yeah. So, I don't know what the deal is. I know that, uh, I know the trazodone is bad. I know, I know all around, everything about it is just bad for me. And the fact that I, oh, we're going to go back to this little thing again, right? The fact that I'm stockpiling my medications, um, and still haven't taken care of that since last time I talked about that. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'm saving them for. You know, when, when the zombie apocalypse comes, the last thing I'm going to be worried about is my mental health. Because I'm going to be running for my life and trying to figure out how to get a flamethrower. So, uh, I don't understand what this is about. And I haven't seen my therapist now in a minute again. I honestly did mean to make an appointment with him. Uh, Thursday, yesterday, yesterday I saw my shrink. I meant to walk over to the other building and make an appointment with him and then Scott called and things got all kind of wacky and the driver came to bring me home and I never did do it and now it's the weekend and they're closed and I'm going to try to make a mental note to call them on Monday but as the rest of the rest of this podcast is going to talk about is how the rest of this week went which was super crazy uh, I'm not saying the show is blowing up because, well, maybe it is blowing up compared to the first episode, right? <laughs> so it is kind of blowing up in its all small way. No, I haven't woke up and seen a hundred listen bump on my on it, but it is significant, the changes that are coming with the listenership. Which So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, my ego appreciates it. And I hope, I really hope that I am helping somebody at some point, other than laughing their full head off at how ridiculous I am. Um, <laughs> I really hope I am making you feel like you are not alone in your battles with bipolar. And if you aren't bipolar, that you are starting to get a better grip on what it is, and that I'm not actually stereotyping us any more than we already are stereotyped. Because that would be awful. That would be a definite fail in what I'm trying to do here. Anyway, this week, um, I have, well, first, let's, let's see, I had a talk, I had a talk, I had a meeting with my life, my life coach, Sev, whom is an amazing, amazing person and always makes me feel better about myself and gives me this boost I need when I'm starting to think maybe I'm on, well, I don't think I'm on the wrong path. I'm just not sure that I'm going about this the right way, about what it is that I want to eventually accomplish. And maybe I am accomplishing it, but I don't know because I'm not having any feedback. Um, I mean, listenership is going up, and I'm, I haven't been reviewed yet, which I maybe I don't want to be reviewed because, you know, maybe it wouldn't be good, and then it would, it would make me get stuck again. Anyway, back to Sev. So... Uh, I was booked with her for a half hour, and um, she's amazed by, like, this, the difference between from when I talked to her in, I think it was May, was the last time that I had a phone meeting with her, and she says that she can feel the energy coming off me, and she was in, she was in England, she's in Britain, um, and I want to say that sounds, it sounds hokey, but 
there's some truth to that because if you've ever talked to somebody who is f really like in their flow you know that she you know what I'm talking about you can actually feel their energy through the phone you can feel their aura and see their you can see their energy because they're so exuberant that it just it comes through everything that they're touching and so Sev was like I can see your colors right now and she's like you're just beautiful and she goes and you know, in order for you to be this vibrant, you have to know that you're doing the right thing and that you're on the right path and that everything that you think that you can achieve, you can, which I'm kind of really starting to get that. I don't want to seem cocky because I am not cocky. Um, I'm still, every time I push record on this, it's just like take a deep breath and just like let it flow because if I was to actually think about what I was doing, I would definitely panic and not do this anymore. But I have to do this because it's it's my mission or something. It's 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 it was it's what I've been meant to do for ever since since I was born and since I you know first had depression when I was young. I'm gonna say six. You know, because six was the first time I can remember actually trying to kill myself. Uh, so I was probably depressed before that. You know, and kids aren't supposed to be depressed like that, right? But I can legitimately remember laying in the middle of the road at six years old and praying that I would get hit by a car so that my life would be over. And do I have childhood trauma? Oh, yes. I have plenty of childhood trauma. However, for a child to actually realize that they can kill themselves at that young an age, I kind of look at that now and I'm like... It's scary to me that it's been such a facet of my life that nobody caught that, that nobody cared enough, or I wasn't vocal enough, or I just thought it was normal. Maybe I thought every kid wanted to die. Maybe maybe I did think that. I didn't think I was any different than anybody else. And when th I started to realize how screwed up my family was and how different my house was, you know what I mean, like how I what I lived in, um, it made me, it made me like really sad. And that's when my suicidalities really started taking over. And, um, you know, by the age of eight, I was drinking, which is not normal. And by the age of 12, I was a full blown alcoholic. So that's how I dealt with my childhood trauma. Not really well. Anyway, so, you know, so Sev made me feel a lot better. And I, f I still feel very energized from our call. And the fact is that you know, this was a free call, and I was only supposed to get a half hour with her, and she extended it for a full hour um, without me actually really realizing it, though my arm was falling asleep because I had to sit in this really weird position for the Facebook phone call thing to, like, work properly because if I'd move a quarter of an inch one way or a quarter of an inch the other way, I would totally, like, start losing the call. So I knew we'd been on the phone longer than a half hour because my hand was falling asleep. But she is kind of like a weird angel that's appeared in my life to help me with this mission of trying to help people stay alive and realize that they're not alone and put a face on bipolar disorder that isn't what everybody expects to see because let me tell you all of us with bipolar look just like everybody else maybe some of us are more beautiful than others and maybe some of us are a little bit more intelligent than others and maybe some of us are a little bit more craftier than others and some are more musicianship than others but in general we are just like 
you. Really. So I want to keep on trying to break that stigma down. Um, and I read something that the president had said something about the mentally ill. And I didn't actually get the quote, so I don't want to get into this too far because I'm not exactly sure what he said. But um, from what I read, which is only a snippet of a whole conversation, so I can't judge what he said properly right now. I just want to say we're like everybody else. Okay, we're not mass murderers. We're not out to, you know, steal your children, and we're not out to ruin the world. In fact, most of us, I can guarantee you, want to make the world a better place, and that's why we are musicians and artists and actors and actresses and writers, um, because we want to make the world a more beautiful place because we know how dark and dark and awful it can be. So I had, so I had my meeting with Sev. Um, and then the following day, I was on the phone with a Hollywood agent booking a guest, which will be appearing on uh, 1010, which is National Mental Health Day. Um, and his name is Scott Sliverman. You can look him up now so you can be prepared for the interview with him. Um, suicide survivor, mental health advocate, perfect guest for, you know, National Mental Health Day. And the rest of the week, I've been trying to figure out my schedule, which has gotten super filled up with interviews, um, me doing interviews and people coming onto the show. And I'm debating on whether I should start uh, a season two because it looks like there's going to be um, heavily inter interview filled for the next couple months. So I'm not sure about a whole new season or if I should just not even do seasons and just kind of just do episodes um, because seasons seem kind of weird to me when I'm not doing a, you know, a live action, like actual play on my podcast, which some are. Now, if you're not into the, if you're not, you know, hip to the whole podcast world thing, um, there are definitely different genres and niches that people can fit into. And there are live action plays and audio dramas and things like that, which seasons make sense for. But for this, seasons don't really make too much sense for me. So I think we're just going to start going episode by episode and drop the season thing. Um, so that's been kind of my week. I have, let's see, I have six interviews coming up by November and I have three or four scheduled for this podcast, Dancing with Bipolar, um, within the remaining month of October. So things have gotten a little bit hectic. Um, my mental health is, I'm pretty stable. I'm a little kooked out right now because I have an interview tomorrow with a podcast in Ireland, um, which we're Skyping it, and I'm a little freaked out about how I look, which... I know that's why I do podcasts because, you know, what do they say? I have a face for radio, um, you know, which I'm sure that many of you would be like, oh my God, just stop it. You're beautiful. And thank you. Thank you. Um, one of these days I'll probably see it, but I don't quite see it tonight. Okay. Cause sometimes I do see it and I'm like, I'm not so bad tonight. I'm freaking out about a lot of things that are totally irrelevant to what the podcast is going to be about tomorrow. And I am sure that is not what people are going to be judging me on when they um, see this podcast tomorrow. Um, and when I, and I'll actually get a replay of it, which, you know, then I'll put it on here. But you won't be getting the beautiful Skype view of Dawn. So sorry about that, folks. But you do get to hear the audio version. And um, 
I'm really hoping it goes well, and I hope that, again, I can affect somebody's life in a positive way. Um, so, yeah, the rest of this week was just, like I said, crazy. Um, I'm doing okay. You know, there's always... there's With the bipolar thing, there's always a level of, I'm not going to say sadness, but it's kind of, I'm not going to say darkness because I'm not there. The abyss that I'm normally falling into by this point in time of the year is kind of at bay right now. And I'm really grateful for that. And I'm thinking the podcast has a lot to do with that because I feel very accountable to the listeners that I do have. And I don't want to like, you know, lose it on y'all and wind up, uh, you know, and wind up in the hospital, but I just want to put a disclaimer in here. If I do happen to disappear for uh, two, you know, anything longer than like say two weeks where I might just forget to do the podcast, uh, it could be very well that I have been hospitalized. Uh, I in no way mean to abandon this podcast anytime soon. So um, rest assured, they'll be dancing with bipolar for a while. But if I do disappear, it will most likely be the fact that I've been hospitalized and don't have access to my phone and I'm not looking to be hospitalized and right now I'm feeling really good and um, if and before I do have any hospitalizations there's a definite downhill pattern that um, I'm sure you'll all pick up on before I do by listening to me so I just want to give you that um, I'm not abandoning the podcast anytime soon regardless of ratings or reviews or any of that other ulterior stuff that can happen um, I have enough faith in myself to believe that I am helping somebody out there that is listening to this right now to either understand bipolar and to help somebody that they love with their bipolar and get a better understanding of how their mindset is or that I am helping one of you directly that does have bipolar to just keep on keeping on and realize that, yeah, we have our shitty days and we do get hit with that tsunami sometimes that knocks us straight off our feet, but our lives matter. We do count. And uh, I want you all to realize, you know, I want you all to realize all those that have bipolar that are listening to this, we do count. We have purpose and we do matter. And this isn't a direct uh, retort to um, something that was said on one of the bipolar Facebook groups that I belong to where there's a general feeling that people don't give a shit about anybody with mental illness whatsoever and I just want to assure you that people do care about us people that love us and people that um, understand us and I get that it's really hard to understand people with bipolar sometimes especially when we're manic um, but I want this one person, and I hope that you're listening to the podcast because I did respond to your comment with a link to the podcast that, yes, people do care. People do care. Okay? Stay alive, really. So this went longer than normal. Wow. Um, so we're going to call it tonight, and um, tomorrow is a new day and tomorrow I foray into a whole new aspect of this podcasting thing so wish me well and um, I know I'm gonna I know I'm gonna kill it okay I'm just being a girl right now <laughs> all worried about my looks and you know not giving a crap about what the questions are gonna be that this person's gonna throw at me tomorrow and just totally grilling out which is so funny but um, I'm loving it so this is Don Shereen, and this is my podcast, Dancing with the Bipolar. Y'all have a good night now. Later.